Strong Calm Podcast. Strong Calm Podcast. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, strong Calm. Calm. The root word that means together or okay. in common. I like that. Use that word as a springboard to speak about communication with ourselves, with others. I love that. Community building online or off, the way that we connect uh, with each other through values and how those two things, when you put them together, build stronger company, whether it's a company that you keep or the company that you're building like a business. And today I'm in a business called Brains Smoke and Vape. And you might recognize the name, especially if you're in East Texas, Brain, the brain behind this business. Or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Aaron Aguirre. That's me. What's up? Nothing much. Two man. Aaron's. Yeah, Aaron and Aaron. This is the first Aaron that I've had on the podcast other than myself. Well, bromance. Exactly. At its, at its finest. Right. So uh, thanks for agreeing to be on the show, man. I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while. You're saying agreeing. I asked you. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. We'll get into that. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I, did, I didn't anticipate doing it this weekend. Right. But yeah, you sent me a message and you said that you're thinking about, I sent you a message. A long time ago. It was four or five years ago? No, dude. It was like two years ago, actually. Was it two? Okay. Yeah. And I, I said, Brain, you need to have a podcast, dude, because you've got the radio career. You got know, the face for radio. Absolutely. <laughs> and everybody knows you. Right. Everybody wants to continue to listen to you, but they don't have a platform to be able to do so. Right. And I think that with, uh, I thought with, you know, of course, your your skill set and, um, the, I mean, you're just a natural at it, right? Yeah. And you're a professional. I guess. We'll say that. So, so and and humble, obviously. And so, I'll take that. Um, I thought it would be awesome. Now, of course, that's just an idea for me. And it's like, man, I think people would like it. But at that time, you were kind of like, well, maybe. Man, you know, I've had a, I've had a number of people tell me that, man, you need you need a podcast. You need mm-hmm. to do a podcast. And you know, my biggest hang up was content. And you know, we we discussed this yesterday. Was man on the radio? It was it was one, it was easy on the radio because man, I mean, we would talk about music, pop culture, and it was just it was driven in that direction. But with a podcast, it's like man, the spotlight is on you, and it's like man, you better be entertaining. And if you're not, and that was my whole thing is like man, I just want I, I would want a show to have some sort of direction. And I want it to be thought provoking, not just blah. And yeah. I, I, at the time, I didn't feel like, man, I, I had anything to contribute when it comes to content. But apparently other people think otherwise. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the way that you walk now, right. and you, you've always walked in a way that I think has inspired other people, encouraged other people. Right. You're, you know, I never really listened to your show because I don't listen to a lot of uh, radio. radio. Right. But at the same time, there's so many people who did and looked forward to hearing your voice. Right. And so, so now you're like, it's been weighing, you said it was weighing heavy on your heart right. to, to maybe get into the arena. So right. kind of what's your thinking? What, what is your thinking now? Man, you know, um, in, when, let's, let's back up, dude. You know, when I, when I was in radio, um, man, I was a completely different animal then than I am now. Then it was like, man, everything was, was money driven. Everything that I was doing. I mean, like, so what came through the speakers when I was on the radio was just a figment of my imagination and, and like this image that I was trying to portray to people. And man, uh, you know, I was still battling with a lot of things internally. Um, and it was just like, man, I was wearing this mask and, um, man, whenever I went away, I don't know if we're going to get into that whole situation, but whenever I went away, man, and I, and everything was stripped from me, it was like, I had this 
epiphany, I guess, man, where I, I realized I had to shed that skin of brain and I had to be comfortable with um, enough with Aaron to navigate through everything. And man, I, I really literally just dropped who brain was or who I thought that he should be. And I concentrated more on being myself. And man, um, everything shifted from that point, man. I mean, I just became a completely different person. And I, I literally found out who it was that I was supposed to be and not trying to be the person that everyone wanted to be, wanted me to be. And man, now, um, after being back in the world for a couple of years now, it's, man, you know, I see with a lot of the things that I post on social media, a lot of it is, uh, it's, it's always, I always try to be positive with things, um, encouraging to, to people that are struggling with things. And just because you're not in a four walled room in prison out here, man, I mean, you could still be uh, in prison mentally out here and man if i can help in any way to break down those walls or help you see um the way that you should be looking at things because it's all about perspective at the end of the day it's all about the way that we look at things and the way that we download information and the way that we exude uh who it is that we is that the right word exude I think it, so. it could yeah. be. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it fit. Exemplify. Um, yeah. yeah, and so it, now I'm I'm more based on not who, being who people want me to be. I'm going to be who I'm going to be, and if you like me, you like me. If you don't, that, that's you for you to deal with. I mean, I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And if I can help people get to that uh, that position in their own life, then man, I'm all about it. I want to be a springboard. Love it, love it. I, we align there. We right. align there because that. Um, so. For those who don't know, because mm-hmm. there's people inevitably that won't know your story, right. uh, give give kind of the give a recap. Uh, I'll give you the quickest version. Um, so I was in radio for about 17 years. The last eight eight and a half years, I was a, a program director, a music director. Uh, I oversaw promotions. I worked hand in hand with the sales department. I helped execute promotions. I did all of the imaging for the station, which is all of the sound effects and stuff. You're listening to 95.3, all of that stuff. Um, I put all of that together. I would write the scripts out. Man, I hosted a morning show. I had a morning show team. Um, I had a couple of co-hosts, three of them. And then I had some interns and some stunt guys that would go out and do dumb stuff on the streets whenever we dared them to. Um, Man, and this, you know, I I DJed nightclubs. I, I I was all over the place. I was in more clubs than carpet. I mean, we did more, uh, of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> events? Yeah, events. There we go. Thank you. No, I, we did more community-driven events than yeah. I think anyone else in the area. And, Absolutely. Man, and uh, again... You're in the streets. Yeah, man, I was, yeah, deep in the streets. And, man, I, you know, and at the time, I was doing more of that for... Um, the ratings and stuff like that, um, that, that when I look back on it now, I, I see that. But at the time, people would look at that and be like, man, this is a really good dude. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a really good dude. <laughs> but man, so um, the whole time I, I, I smoked marijuana, man, I mean, and I didn't go around parading it in the streets. I didn't promote it. I would just, man, I've got an overactive mind, hence the name brain. Um, I'm an overthinker, man. So every day at the end of the night when everything, I put everything away and work stopped, it didn't stop for me. It stopped physically, but not mentally. Man, I would lay in bed and go, okay, tomorrow we've got to do this. And man, I've got to insert this new music and I've got to figure out a way to do this. And we, how are we going to do this promotion? And man, I got to get with this flower to, I've got, you know, just all kinds of stuff. So I would step out on my back patio and I would smoke just enough to slow me down. And, um, 
Man, I ended up getting caught up in uh, a case um, involving marijuana and in Texas. That's a huge no-no. Um, they ended up sentencing me to 20 years in prison behind that. And, um, man, I went to prison. And I had everything stripped from me in the process. House, cars, money, uh, girlfriend, uh, friends and family, like friends that had been with me 15, 20 years. You know, they stole thousands of dollars from me and never talked to me again. And that was one of the hardest parts. After, I mean, losing the house, and man, I can gain all that back. But these people that I had around me that just decided to jump ship on me because they thought, man, he's going to be gone 20 years. That wasn't the case. Um, we can get into the whole prison system later. But um, man, so I, I went and did about four and a half years. And after I hopped out, um, man, I, you know, I decided, you know, radio was trying to call me back. Um, but I, I, you know, I kind of decided I want to do something different. I don't want to work for anyone else. And I just figured, you know, the state is really the ones that labeled me with this thing. So I might as well capitalize on it. So I opened up, uh, a smoke and vape shop and here I am. Yeah. Okay. So I, thanks for that recap. I think that was good. So I remember when it happened, it was like, Whoa, right. what the fuck is yeah, going right, on? Right, right. Like, like, like nobody, nobody realized that. So like, like, of course, nobody knows what, what happens, you Behind know, on the, the back scenes, patio right. and, and like what, what you're doing in the streets and then what you're, what you're doing in the streets. Right, right, right. right. So, so uh, it, it was, it was like a really, a big shock to the community. And I think a lot of people, uh, there were, there were people and, you know, from, from my perception of, of just reading the news and right. seeing the network, you know, of, of folks that knew you, connected with you, uh, you had a lot of people, you know, uh, advocating for you right. as that good dude. Right. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know you like, you know, like this is the right. longest conversation we've had. Right. 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 But, um, at the same time, I believe that that was the case. Uh, so, uh, it, it was a big shock. Um, but I do want to kind of back up a little bit to what you said up at, at the beginning, which was the, the character of, of brain, mm -hmm. like you, you were doing it for the ratings right. and you were doing it for the brand in service to what other people's perception of you and the show were. Right, right. That's part of, you know, building a business, building a brand, like you kind of have to do that right. work a little bit, but at the same time, it, it sounds like it was taking a, a toll on you because it, that connection it, there was a, a disconnect between brain and Aaron. Right. And so that, that's interesting to me because I've, uh, experienced that before as well. Right. When I was young and I was getting into sales and personal branding was a thing, I'm doing right. quote fingers right, here. Right, right. Like, like, you know, you, you try to live into that, 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 that vision that you have for yourself, but it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's more ego inflated than it actually is like, this is me right. being me at my best right. it's 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 social media and lifestyle absolutely I mean, like you're living the image you're trying to portray on social media and that's a lot to live up to dude right well and and but it doesn't necessarily have to be no it doesn't at all in any shape way form or fashion but that's just the way that we view the world today right man especially in social media it's ugly because man you, you i mean imagine having a camera and you're just walking around and you're just taking pictures of the best portions of your life and 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 posting that for everyone to see and man no one lives like that. No one is that perfect. It's mm -hmm. it's impossible to live a lifestyle like that. Mm -hmm. And man, I mean, and it goes from, I mean, all the way from taking pictures of your food. Look how great my food is that I'm about to eat. Mm -hmm. Look at this sunset that I'm, man. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what about 
your relationship. Right. You're not posting the ugly parts of your relationship. Look at this argument we Why just got into. Right. And and so it was that was the lifestyle that I was living. Like, man, I I got so confused with who Brain was and who Aaron was because with Brain, it was like, man, the girl that I was with at the time, whenever her and I would argue, at times she would say, I don't need Brain right now. I need mm. Aaron. And I would be like, what are you talking about? Like, right. I didn't understand then what I understand now. Like, man, um, because I'm I'm a really self-conscious person. I'm man, I'm harder on myself than but I think we we're all like that to to a, an extent because yeah. man um you know like we see all of our own flaws mm-hmm. that other people don't even recognize but they stand out like a sore thumb to us mm-hmm. and I'm my worst critic. Man, I will stare at myself and like why this and why that and this is horrible and man other people look at me and they look past all of that. Like they don't even notice those things but um Man, so I, I'm man. I'm I'm an introvert, which is crazy that I was in radio. I'm one of the shyest people you will ever meet in your life, and I mean that. Man, you put a microphone in front of me, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Ninety five three, one zero two three. Like yeah. it's nothing, you yeah. know. But I mean, because I can put that mask on and mm-hmm. just move with it. But man, when it comes to really talking about me, it, it's always been hard. It's always been hard. I mean, I can talk about other artists and this music and all day, every day. But then when we have to turn the camera around on me, I'm like, ooh, no, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like that. But man, um, and that was the disconnect was like, okay, so I just became brain all the time. And man, I would say and, and do things and, and maneuver around everything and just try to paint this perfect picture of who I thought Brain was. And man, I'm so past that now. I'm like, man, I'm, especially now in my faith, I'm like, man, I, I bask in the glory of the fact that I am not perfect. Man, I struggle with temptation. I struggle with lust. I struggle with everything that a normal person struggles with. Mm-hmm. But I just, man, my, the difference between me and a lot of other people is that I wanna talk about it. I wanna, I wanna put it out there. Yeah. So what do you feel like it was almost a blessing in disguise? No, no, no. I don't feel that it almost was. It, it was. definitely was. Man, a lot of people come into my shop and um, like every day I'm dealing with people every single day. And a lot of people are like, man, I'm so sorry that all of that happened to you. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Dude, like if you really understood what happened for me in there, like, man, you would be high-fiving me and be like, dude, I'm proud of you. But it, it, and, and it didn't have anything to do with me. It had everything to do with God. And I don't know if that's the direction you want to go into. We can if you want. But um, man, honestly, that was the best possible thing that could have happened to me. Man, I'm really good friends with uh, with a lot of the, the record label reps and, and man, presidents of companies, like major record labels still to this day. Um, I had a conversation with, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, I'll say that he's Justin Bieber's manager now mm-hmm. and a uh, really good dude. Him and I go back like car seats. But um, man, I was just having a conversation with him the other day and he was telling me like, man, I, I really hate that all of them. And I'm like, dude, no, do not feel sorry for me. And I had to explain to him like, man, I love the fact that that happened because it gave me a chance to like stop everything, cut everything out of my life, social media, fake friends, everything, and then really just concentrate on who I am and what I'm dealing with without all of the distractions. Now you've got 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to concentrate and see what type of person you really are. And man, that was an eye-opening experience to me. And that's something that I would never trade ever 
ever. Yeah. The time, losing the time, I missed a lot. In four years, you wouldn't think a lot would happen. Or you, Man, four years changed a lot. My daughter, like she graduated high school. I missed her entry into college. I missed her marriage. I missed the birth of my grandson. You know, I missed a lot. I'm like, slow down. But man, um, th- those are probably the only things that I would change. I-, I wished I could have been there for those particular things because we've always put so much emphasis on her schooling. And man, I mean, and she's lived, I mean, the life she's living now, I can't, I couldn't be any more proud than I am now of her. She's the person that I wished I could have been at her age. But man, we all have to walk our own walk and, and suffer through the things that we put ourselves through. And man, on the back end of that, I know that storm at time it gets it, at times it gets hard and we feel like it's it's too much. Like gravity is weighing down on us more than the next person. But man, we're all going through those things. But it's how you how you carry yourself walking through those storms, man, and how you conduct yourself and, and how you come out on the other end. If you didn't learn anything from it, you're going to go through it again. Yeah. So let, let's let's talk about identity a little bit more because okay. um, I, I'm just I, I like kind of parsing it because you had you had brain the caricature mm-hmm. essentially of of who you were in in, in your work life right. and the exact opposite of who I actually am. Okay, and and so you're living into that uh, true. We, we were just talking about faux, right? right. That, that faux truth of right, who right. you were, right? Right. And uh, but but. All that came crashing down. So you kind of had the 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 lights, the camera, the action happening, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, all those lights, camera action shut. Right. right. And so, was there a point? Like, take me into that point where was there a point there when that ego got shattered completely that you took out the hammer and started to just bash yourself over the head with Man, it? almost every day, dude. Um, and I, I hate to say that, but that's the reality of it. Like, Man, imagine taking everything that you love out of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, not just money, not just cars, not just women, not just houses, not just, I mean, whatever your vices are, not just those things, but the things that you hold near and dear to you, to your heart, like your friends and your family. And man, just all of those things, just all everything just being taken away at one moment. And then you're shoved into a lifestyle, like a communal lifestyle. Um, with a whole bunch of people that you probably wouldn't associate with in the world today, you know, mm-hmm. like man, you just like I there were there were drugs I'd never seen in my life until I got to prison. Um, but yeah, I uh, it, it, the hardest part was man just realizing that I wasn't as big of a person in people's lives as I imagined that I was. That life really does go on without you. Like, mm-hmm. man, you could get snuffed out today, and you would like to think that people would be distraught and their their worlds would be turned upside down. But the sad fact is, is that life is going to continue to go on without you. Um, I mean, look at people that you've lost in your lifetime. Like, man, it was devastating in that moment. But yeah. then once you got past it, and those those cuts started to heal, like, mm-hmm. man, you life con- does go you, on. You continued on, but yeah. to still be alive and seeing life go on without you was hard man and that that was a, a brutal truth that i didn't want to face and man um whenever i got out people that i hadn't talked to since before i went in were coming around and smiling in my face and giving me hugs and man i missed you and you know I, and blah 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 blah, and you know all this stuff and i'm like you never wrote me mm-hmm. you, you never came to see me you never set up your phone so i could call you like and i i could be upset about that i could be ugly and i could be like where were you like you know i mean but right it's not on them. I mean, that was me, you know, like, I'm the one that put myself in that situation. So I'm the one that needs to deal with that. Yeah. So I just learned to look past all of that. But so I want to pause you. Go ahead. So, so, um, 
the reason I framed it in the in the hammer right. is because like in a, 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 a piece of the toolkit that I've, I've I've gotten some value out of um, in a coaching context right. is is when you when you face a obstacle you face that really bad situation right. you know and it I think a lot of people can't relate to prison because not everybody's been to prison. Right, but at right. the same time, any any kind of setback, uh, especially somebody who's hard on yourself like you are or mm-hmm. like I am, I always think of like, oh man, what what can I do better? And like, like how can I how can I be better? Right. And I always try to to figure that out. But you can take that hammer and just bash yourself over the face and then all of a sudden you're in victim mode and right. you know you really victimize yourself and right. you're not really doing anything to break through the other tool is the flashlight and you just take a flashlight and you're like what what what's going on here i didn't know you had sound effects in here man yeah right so uh so like when you i love that analogy i love it's that. so good i right. think it's really valuable and so when was the moment that you put down the hammer and you took out that flashlight Ooh, man, that's a good one. Did you prepare that question? You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, man, you know, I would say it was probably... So when you go into prison, man, there, there's a process. So, so first you go into this place that it's like an intake. An intake, you're going to be there for about two weeks, um, average about two weeks. So in that process, um, in that two-week process, you're, man, they're, they're testing you. Um, they're testing your physical health. They're testing your mentality, like your, your aptitude. They're, everything, they're testing every portion of you. And depending on the outcome of those tests, that determines where you're going to land in the Texas prison system. Um, so that that is kind of their discovery for your placement. Um, going through that process was, I mean, that was kind of grueling. But, man, when it came to the aptitude thing, I'm like, I've got this. I mean, that's nothing. But, man, um, so after you leave intake, they send you to... Uh, they send you to um, like so a, a transfer facility. A transfer facility. You're supposed to be there for at least 24 months, two years, and that's just so you can acclimate to prison life. And transfer facilities are trash, man. I mean, like the absolute worst. Um, but there's a lot of unwritten rules about prison that you know wasn't put forth by the Texas prison system. It's it's more or less put forth by the inmates. Like there's just unwritten laws that you have to know, and um, that's actually what the transfer facility is for. It's kind of like the minor leagues. And once you acclimate to that prison life, then they send you up to the majors. And the majors is going to be like an ID unit. And that's, those are the big boys. That's where you're dealing with murderers and rapists. And I mean, like people doing real time. Um, I was on a transfer facility for about a month and a half before they sent me into uh, an ID unit. Um, but I, you know, I kind of forced their hand into that situation. I just learned the science of prison like quickly. I acclimate fast. So man, I realized I didn't want to be on a transfer facility. So I figured out a way to have them move me to an ID unit. And then when I got to an ID unit, it was a completely different world. It would be the equivalent of living in like Jacksonville, Texas, and then moving to Dallas the next day. It's like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Mm -hmm. But, um, Man, um, it was actually whenever I hit an ID unit like that, I, I really, really realized like, okay, this is serious now. Like, man, I'm dealing with a lot of people that will probably never see the world again, never see. I mean, and this is their life. And even the guards look at that situation like, man, at a transfer facility, like they're talking 
crazy stuff to you. The guards are just like disrespecting you. Get out of your clothes right here in front of everyone. Like just no re- regard for you whatsoever. And then um, you go to an ID unit and it's like the whole mentality changes, not just for the inmates, but even for the guards, because the guards realize that, man, I'm dealing with people that are probably never going to get out. So what is it to them to come up and stab me? So they treat you with a little bit more respect. But um, whenever I got to an ID unit and I really just sat myself down for a while, man, um, and at this point, I'd already been in the Texas prison system for about four months, something like that. And... um, Man, county jail was rough, you know, but it it's expensive um, to, to be in county and all of that stuff. But man, getting to prison, like, okay, this is the final destination. This is where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, man, you know, like I, I, I made some pretty good friends and stuff in there. And, but man, they, we call it inmate.com. Like, man, you can't trust anything anyone says. Um, it seems like everyone is trying to get over on you. And I mean, at your, you feel this is your lowest point. Like it doesn't get any worse than this situation. There is, you can actually be in prison, in prison or in jail, in prison Mm. and another story for another time. But, um, it was while I was there at the ID unit for the first couple of days, man, that, and I I realized that there wasn't going to be any more moving around. Like this was home for the next, I don't know how many years, because when you're looking down the barrel of a 20 year sentence, you don't know how long you're going to be gone. Yeah. You could be gone four or five. You could be gone 10. You could be, it depends on what happens while you're there and how you conduct yourself. And, but, um, so, so how do you, so in that moment you're, you're making those realizations. Right. Of course you're doing the, the, you're, you're on somebody else's schedule. You're on, right. you know, you're, you're serving time and right. you're doing what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you start, I'm curious on like the the mindset there, like because you're you're at your lowest point, right. you can't get anywhere else. Right. You're only it's you. Right. So like, what did you do there to kind of help you? Just is it cope? Is it is it uh, you know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you do you? I mean, can do I mean, is this okay to take this in like a spiritual direction? Is that is that okay? If that's where you want to take it, man. So listen, um, honestly. Like I, I, the first thing I did was I actually cut off content. I mean, cut, cut off contact with with the world, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I stopped reaching out to people. I stopped writing people. I stopped I stopped all communications. And um, man, because I I kept telling I, you know what I had this cat. Man, this is a crazy story. But I had this cat. His name was Wilford Brimley. And man, he was always an inside cat. You know, and man, one day I decided to take him outside. He'd never been outside before and he didn't have, have his claws or anything. Expensive cat, sweet dude. Um, I took him out in the backyard. He'd never felt grass before. And I put him down and he was like, oh my gosh, he was freaking out. Like he just, you know, freaked out. But um, man, after, uh, you know, talking to him and petting him and playing around with him and, and him watching the wind and the birds. And after a while, he started realizing like, dude, this is really cool. And whenever I was like, okay, let's go back inside. I took him back inside. He never wanted to be back inside again. He always wanted to be outside. Dude, he would climb up in the window and just stare outside so much that like every time I would walk by and look at him, I'd be like, Wilford, come on, man. And I would close the blinds and get out of the window. Like, man, just concentrate on what's going on in here. And he was like, he would just figure out a way to just look outside. He just wanted to be outside. That's how I felt when I was in prison. Like, man, I felt like even though I was inside, I was always trying to look outside, like what's going on out there? What am I missing out there? What, what cool things is everyone doing that I'm unaware of? And 
all of that, man. And then I just realized like at some point I had to like close those blinds and I had to concentrate on what was going on inside that place. And just, man, if I'm going to work my way to get back outside, I need to get through this first. And man, I leaned on God more than anything and everything. Like, man, I can go on and on about all of that, but... What was your faith prior to? Nothing. So Non-existent. And that's that's true for a lot of inmates, right? right. Like, that... that what, what, what is kind of the... There's like an adage or there, there's something there, like you get saved in prison or something like that. And like, isn't that like a thing? Man, so when you are at your lowest, dude, and you have nothing nothing and Mm -hmm. no one to talk to nowhere to go nothing to lean on like man i mean like your soul and your spirit are just grasping for something and man when i was in prison i can tell you honestly like man i just felt i'm about to cry i just felt god's presence all around me um and i used to like pray so hard about not losing that don't let me lose this and man and then when i got out it was like you have to chase that feeling again out here because there's so many distractions. There's so many things that are just standing in the way, man, your phone vibrates and you pick it up and you're just locked in. Let's go to TikTok. Let's go to Instagram. Let's go to Facebook. Let's mm-hmm. And it's just, that becomes your God. And man, I, I don't, I, I haven't felt that same feeling out here that I felt in there. I could just feel God's presence all around me. And even in the monks, amongst murderers. Oh my gosh, dude, man. I mean, it was just prevalent is the best word. I mean, like, I just felt that presence around me. And it's crazy that it's in there. But man, again, I don't really just want to lean this whole thing towards, um, like my spiritual beliefs. But man, if you look at Jesus, Jesus wasn't rocking out with all of these rich people. And when he's walking around on this earth, he wasn't hanging out with, you know, all of these people. I mean, he was he's hanging with criminals and swindlers. He, he was hanging out with the people that needed him the most. Mm-hmm. And that that's, the person that I want to be. I want to be that person that looks past um, all of that shell and looks deep into people and letting, and, and you know, and, and try to work on those parts. I remember when I was in county jail, this dude came in, had tattoos all over his face and stuff. And this was before it was like a big thing. And he had the word war tattooed under his right eye. War mm. in prison stands for white Aryan race. And I thought, okay, that's not a guy that I'm going to associate <laughs> myself with. And I just stayed away. Man, one day they called us down for chow and I went downstairs and he was standing behind me talking to another inmate. And I'm standing there going, oh my gosh, just give me, let me get my food and get out of here. I, I start listening to his conversation and I start realizing like, man, this dude is kind of smart you know i mean he's got some wits about him so he was like what about you man what do you think about so we we just started this conversation so i get my food and i go sit down and he comes and sits down with me and i'm like oh my gosh dude man this guy becomes one of my best friends like still to this day him and i talk but i mean he man i mean like and and i look back on that now and i'm like man i couldn't see it then because i'm looking at who he who i imagined him to be but in all actuality like man this dude is probably one of the most solid people I've ever met in my life. When I have hard decisions that I need to make or and trying to figure out which direction to go, he's one of the first people I reach out to. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's interesting. So yeah. uh, like, I, I I appreciate that. And like, I think there is so, so much power in quieting out the noise. Right. And, you know, prison does that. It forces you to do that. You like have you have choice. no other right. choice. Or or you gravitate on the noise that's happening within the system, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like you 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 graft into a whole nother realm right. of of 
debauchery or right. you know uh but it is what you make it dude and that's what i was telling like. you like with perception it's like man it is what you make of it like back in the day prison like the, the in, especially in texas it used to be called tdc texas department of corrections to this day now it's called texas department of criminal justice they changed the name of it because Texas Department of Corrections is insinuating the fact that they are correcting people when in actuality they're not correcting anyone. Um, man, any corrections have to come about through your own will. Like you have to force that upon yourself. Man, if you want to better yourself, then you have to carry yourself to classes and you have to like... Um, Did they give you any kind of opportunities? No, okay. no. Like if anything, man, I mean, I don't really want to go into that, man. But you know, like the Texas prison system is... It's all based on money. And I mean, in prison, we call it the three C's. And this is what, this is what, hey, Texas, we have three C's here. Three C's right? <laughs> on the show. The different what C's. What are they? What are the C's? Communication, community building, company. Okay. Yeah. I love that. But yeah, that's the okay. podcast. So but. three C's in prison is like, man, all of the inmates look at, even the guards, they look at Texas as, as the three C's, what Texas is making their money off of. There's crude, there's uh, cattle, and there's convicts. Man, I can go into all kinds of stuff. When and it you say you're starving for content for a podcast. Man, I just said, you know, I don't, I don't, that might be it. I don't know. I'm telling you. That, <laughs> yeah. Because when I was there, man, I, there were so many things I, I kept telling myself, whenever I get out, I'm going to expose this place. I'm going to let everyone know the way that the parole system is is flawed. Also, like the uh, the sentencing, like the way people get sentenced. Man, when I got sentenced, they, they literally sentenced me to 20 years in prison behind a gram and a half of marijuana oil, which I'm not downplaying at all because I get it. You made an example out of me. That's cool. All right. But while I was, before I got sentenced, I was watching everything that was going on in the news. Man, there was a, a football player. I'm not going to say at what school, but he was in Waco, um, held a woman down at knife point and took her against her will, right? He got five years probation. I had a gram and a half of marijuana oil and you sentenced me to 20 years in a mm. Texas prison system because of that. Like there's no, there's nothing balancing any of that. It's just, it's crazy. And then, so anyways, man, while I was there, I was like, man, there are so many things I want to expose about this place. Whenever I get out, I'm going to, man. And then when I get out, I put that place in my rearview mirror and I'm like, man, I am not looking back. But now I've had something tugging at my heart and my mind and my, my intern, my internally Mm -hmm. operating person going man you need to you need to do this you know i'm uh i'm actually about to go back into the prison system um but to talk um like prison ministry in a mm -hmm. way uh, where i want to go in and and you know encourage and not say look at me look what i've done but man if i can do this dude trust me in telling you that you can do something like this as well that type of thing and just build people up man i mean so i was going to, to church like religiously i hate to say that um while i was there and they would bring in all of these people uh every week to talk to us and just tell us their story and stuff and, and nothing touched me more than the people that had been in the prison system before that had worn all of that white and Man, and th because I felt like even now, dude, I mean, people that walk into my store, like I, I talk to everyone that walks in. But for some reason, I feel more connected to people that have been to prison. Like when they come in and I can tell by their tattoos, I'm like, man, where'd you do your time? And they're like, oh, how'd you know? And I'm like, well, you know, and then we talk and it's like, man, I feel like we have more of a connection than just an average everyday person. And it's because we've walked the same road and we've, you know, experienced the same type of things. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to step all over you, dude. Sorry. No, you're not at all. You're not at all. Um, it's actually a perfect segue because yeah. uh, the, the, the three C's that I'm talking about, right. I structure it loosely, you know, generalized because like 
all these things I, I've, I believe they, they interlink and they right. happen at kind of simultaneously. Um, uh, but also I like to, to, to do it in sequence too because I believe that that is how the sequence goes give me, give me the three C's one more time communication mm-hmm. community building okay. and then those two things build stronger company the person that you keep. I love that dude. Yeah, I it, love that all of your I mean like your content is really thought provoking and I, I mean there's like you could tell that there's like thought that went into it and it's not just hey let's throw this against the wall and see if it sticks I appreciate that so the segue then communication Community building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask this question. This is the question. This is called the village question. This okay. is the question that I ask everyone uh, on the show. And um, I think it speaks to the values that you're talking about when you recognize and, and that connection that you feel with people that are in the system or have been in the system right. in before. Uh, because the values that we keep um, connect us. And so... Or our experiences. So the village question goes like this. Imagine that you are given a plot of land and they say, Aaron, um, all right, here's your opportunity. We want you to create a community and we're going to give you this land and it's uh, kind of a a highway going east to west, north and south. And we're going to give you four billboards and we want you to put on those four billboards a value, a statement, uh, something that would attract those people to your community and they would belong together. And so what four statements, values, it could be one word, it could be 10 words, it's whatever. I, I, what would you put on those four, those four signs? Oh man, um, if it was a word, if they were words, I would have, um, man, and, and this is gonna sound really generic, but I can unpack these for you if, if I need to, but man, I would have faith, hope, love, and trust. Break them down. Faith. Um, or at least why. Okay. So um, I think those are pretty good. Those are good words. Right. So why though? All right. So man, you know, like, so I did a lot of reading while I was away, dude. I mean, I like, I read more, man, my, my eyesight went bad because I read so much, especially in the dark. Um, but man, I, when I dug into the Bible, I, I dug in trying to disprove this, you know, like going, okay, this is, I, I grew up like seriously Catholic and so like whenever I stepped away from my family, I was like, I don't want anything to do with that because it was forced on me my whole life. But man, um, so I, I wanted to disprove all of these things and I wanted to show everyone like, look at these holes, look at this. But man, the more I dug in, the more I started reading, the more I started getting understanding of everything that it was that I was reading. And man, and it just all started clicking for me. And then th- at that point, like, man, I started finding hidden meanings in everything. So when I started looking at the word faith, faith is kind of a creepy word because, man, it just it just rolls right off the tongue, faith, and you don't really think anything about it. But, man, like sitting in this chair, for instance, man, I sit in this chair, and like we don't we we sit in chairs all throughout the day. We just, we don't think twice about it. We just walk into a room and oh, there's a chair, I can sit down, and we just sit down. We don't think, man, is this chair going to hold us? Is it going to be enough to hold my body weight? Is it you know? We don't think about all of those things. Why? Because we just put our faith in that chair because. Mm-hmm. It, we we've used them a thousand times before, a million times before. So we just sit down in it without thinking about it. So we have to f- have faith in that chair to hold us and support us and give us comfort and all of these things. And man, so when I started really looking into the word faith, I mean, like the word that kept coming up to me was trust, because without faith, without trust, there would be no faith. Um, yeah. And so just to just to kind of piggyback on that, because you mentioned that you didn't really have a, a faith walk 
prior to going in at all and but but you still had that from your upbringing as a sort of anchor Mm -hmm. and so you had the trust in opening it even though you're kind of it's kind of like a simultaneous you knew that there was something there and you knew you needed something because you had nothing at that point but you had to put that trust in there of like okay there's something here and the the work begins at that point right would that be accurate yeah man that's perfectly accurate but um man you know like with I remember one time this, like, I taught this class while I was there. It was called Winter Circle. And, um, man, when I took this thing over, it was like, I, it just, I mean, we just rocked out. When I got there, there were probably like four or five people in the class. And whenever I took it over, it just kept, it steadily started building. I mean, within a few months, there were 50, 60 people in this class. And, man, um, and I was the one teaching this class. It wasn't really teaching. It was just talking and stuff. But, and it was all about uh, behavior modification, how you can change your mindset to not come back to this place. Why would they listen to me? I've never been to prison before, you know, but man, I, you know, people, for some reason, they hear the word brain and they automatically think I'm like this smart dude. People would come around and go, man, you know, I, I, I know you're a smart guy. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> because I have the name brain? But no, um, teaching this class was like, man, even though I was giving a lot away, man, I was learning a lot more than I was giving away. Um, so with with the whole faith, faith, trust, love, and hope, like, man, it, 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 there's so much there, man. I mean, Absolutely. there is so much meat Fruits in of just the spirit. The, man, yes. And, man, in order to have faith, you first have to trust. And, man, whenever you start trusting something enough to, to, to start having faith in it. And this one guy one time asked me, like, man, how do you know God is real? And I'm like, I, I just know. And he's like, how? Like, how can you prove it to someone? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, how can you, how do you know the wind is real? And he's like, what do you mean? You can feel it. And I'm like, well, I can feel God. I can feel it. Like, man, you walk outside, you can't see the air. You can't see the wind, but you could look at the trees and see the leaves blowing. And okay, that's wind. It's the same thing with me. Like, man, the hope and love aspect of the whole thing is like, man, it makes absolutely no sense. I hear people praying all the time and like, man, I need, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And I'm like, man, wisdom is great. I mean, if you can get that wisdom, it's amazing. But if you're not utilizing that, if you're not applying that wisdom to your life, what's the purpose of having it? Well, it's also where are you looking? Right. Like when you, when you see the, when you see, when you see leaves move, you see, you know, something on the ground moving, you're like, you, you start to say, okay, well, what's causing that? Okay. Right. That's what that's going, right, right, you know, right. that's what's happening. And then it's like, well, if you experience love, you experience hope, you experience these fruits of the spirit. Right. Um, if you're not looking at them as spiritual things, right. you're not looking for them to be spiritual right. things or, uh, evidence of God, then you won't, you won't find it that way. But it, just, all, it all comes out of necessity. Mm, like, man, mm-hmm. I mean... And how bad do you have that present realization that you do need it? Right, man. And and I, I definitely don't want to just push that on people. Like, man, um, I, I peddle, man, I peddle my, my spiritual beliefs a lot. And I try to, like, pull that back because I, I know a lot of people don't believe. And, like, man, I was one of you. I was I was one of those people. And um, so I, I don't want ever, people to ever feel like, well, you know, I don't want to talk to him because he's going to take it in that direction. And, man, there's so many other directions that we can go into. Mm-hmm. And, man, I mean, we don't have to go into that direction. But, I mean, if you're wanting to know what happened or what helped me and what broke me down and built me back up and made me the person that I am today, then that's the direction that we're going to go in. But, um, 
man, I've, I'm multifaceted, dude. Like, I, I love the fact that you were talking about tools because, man, there. I, I love the analogy of the hammer and the flashlight, and man, there's so many more tools in there's, that toolbox. Yeah, man. And, and and yeah, and one thing that uh, about me is like my faith walk has has gone in all kinds of jagged different ways, right. um, but I'm always I've always been grateful uh, to, to have that as a anchor of my upbringing because it so much, like I've done a lot of the, the digging too. I've I've gone the uh, apologetic route of like, all right, this is how you defend the faith. And I've gone the whole other route of like, fuck it, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, like it doesn't mean just because I'm not going to church on Sunday doesn't mean, or, 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 or you're uh, not a Christian or yeah. And, 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 right. um, I think that a lot of times people throw baby Jesus out with the bathwater. Right, like, right, right. like they, they, they say, well, if, 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 uh, I, if I don't, if I can't reconcile the, uh, birth and resurrection of Jesus, um, right. then everything that the book has to tell me, the 66 books that make up the Bible, right. uh, screw all of it. Right. But there's so much wisdom and precious wisdom in there if you are looking for it and like you can find a way through the stories through the narrative of 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 something to mind for you to take you to a greater realization of like who you can be in the world to a greater degree and so like like i i also try not to pedal but at the same time i'm not going to deny that there's value there i love that and i think it's it's um ignorant to right. say that there isn't man you know <clears throat> i love that you yeah ben um <laughs> one of the one of the coolest things to me is you know like we were talking you were talking about the 66 books in the bible one of the coolest things to me is man so i at one point i started diving in trying to figure out like what what, what is this religion thing like and where did that come about why mm-hmm. is there baptists and you know all yeah. of these different denominations yeah man and you know so basically like i call it a hidden gospel um and i don't know how else to explain it because man you could read a passage out of the Bible. I could read the exact same passage out of the Bible, and what you got from it is different than what I got from it. Mm-hmm. And the way that you go and tell people what you got from it, and the way that I go and tell people what I got from it, is two totally different things. And that's where religion is born, um, is because you're leading people into believing what you believe, and then I would be leading people into believing what I believe. Mm-hmm. But man, so you could come back, you and I could come back together a week later and read that exact same passage. And what you got from it this time is different than what you got from it last time. And same with me. And that's because you're getting what you need from that in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I'm, I, I, I try not to push my, I'll talk about my spirituality and I'll talk about my faith and my beliefs and my trust and all of these things. But when it comes to my actual thought process behind it, I don't, I don't explain to people. I try not to explain to people what I got from it because man, that's for you to figure out for yourself. And man, that's the gold in in the whole thing. Absolutely. And, and and scripture really does act as that flashlight, right? right. Like in, in so many ways. Like in in that way, it, like as long as you're open. Right. Because at the end of the day, like a lot of people will denounce uh, scripture as the word of God because, well, wasn't it written by man? Right. And, um, but it yeah. was also breathed by the breath of God, every every portion of it. Right, right. And that's the religious take, right? right. That could close some ears, right. you know, if we're going to use some religious uh, speak. But right. at the same time, I think about, well, like we'll 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 mine wisdom from anybody who's right. writing anything, any kind of book, and we'll, I and mean, so like and even words, yeah. even just words, conversation, like it, just having a simple conversation with someone, 
man, you look at it like this. Like when you're in a relationship with someone, like a, like an intimate relationship with someone, when you're, when you're building that relationship in the very beginning, man, you walk in and she walks in with your own thought processes and your own beliefs. She likes her own music. You like your own music. You like your favorite color. She likes her favorite color. Mm-hmm. Foods, movies, books, all of these things. You both have your individual beliefs in what it is that you like and dislike. But then through time, once you've been together for a while, man, each of you start giving up a little piece of you and okay well i know he likes to eat this so we're gonna eat this and Mm -hmm. man i I do kind of like this so maybe we should start eating this a little bit more man i really like her music she really man i really like that so you start man you start and then after a while you became become so intertwined with one another that you kind of lose your identity in the process of what it is that you like and what she likes and or vice versa whatever it is but Man, and it's the same thing with just daily conversations. You could walk into a conversation with someone believing one thing, and then they say something, and you're like, huh, well, man, I never really thought about it like that. And then it changes your whole perspective. But, man, stand firm in who you are and what you believe. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, that, and that's what's, that's why I like to anchor the show in the values, right? right? Because, like, the values are really what keep that conversation going as long as like i've got the same or similar values as long as we have a a, that's the ground that we can stand on to actually have a conversation if you're not valuing the things that i'm valuing even if we disagree on what the uh the the type of music the tempo the rhythm the whatever's happening or or like i don't like gory movies or whatever that like little nuance is like as long as the value is the same it's like i'm just trying to get a good story Uh, oh if we can Hey, good stories are good. Like, okay, well, we can we can connect on that, right. you know, and then we can, you know, uh, diverge. I I love conversations. Um, they create worlds. Yeah, and I love conversations with people, like especially when we don't see eye to eye on things. Mm-hmm. I, I value those conversations more than just the conversation. I mean, I don't want a bunch of yes people around me. Right. I don't want a bunch of people around me going, oh man, yeah, 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 to every single thing that I say. Yeah. I, I want someone that's going to, you know, no. Push. Yeah, push back. Put, yeah. Man, and those are the, the conversations that I value more than anything. Um, because, man, I mean, it really makes you look at the way that you're looking at things and why is it? that I believe this? Why is it that I think this? And why? And man, like I said in the very beginning, thought provoking, like, man, that's the most interesting thing to me. Um, even music growing up, man, I was listening to gangster rap, man. I was influenced by like all of the harder rock by my brother, like the classic rock from my dad. And then like the Motown stuff from my mom and man. And it was just, man, I just like the beat and the, and how funky and how just, uh, and now it's like the music I listen to now, like it's got to have meaning to me. Like it's got to have, it's got to change something in, in my mind to where I'm like, man, yeah, I agree. Like, man, there's a couple of artists I could throw out there. I'm not going to right now, but there's a couple of artists I could throw out there that, man, when I hear this person, I'm like, man, me and this person would get along perfectly fine. Like this person could be my brother, like you and I, for instance, Mm -hmm. man, even just after this little conversation, like, man, you and I should be playing Transformers at some point. (laughs) Like, man, I mean, I feel like you and I would probably click, even though your lifestyle and my lifestyle are two totally different lifestyles. But I mean, I feel like, man, I mean, we're, you know, we're on the same page. We align. Yeah. Awesome, man. Brilliant. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So, um, want to be courteous of your time. I'm uh, golden. So, so I want to shift 
the conversation okay. a little bit and the listeners' time. We, right. I try to package it up into right. an hour. Uh, but uh, so so let's shift a bit to company. Okay. And company, the company that we keep, the company that we're building. And I, I do want to uh, give the opportunity to talk about this because, you know, the entrepreneurial efforts. I'm an entrepreneurial person, and um, I just I just love business, and I love the what it can do to uh, create community and create legs up for other people i mean you have employees right. you know what i mean you're giving opportunities well, i call them people. my coworkers. Yeah. i don't ever, i don't allow them to refer to me as their boss i'm like man i am not the boss of anyone um yeah they're they're all my coworkers, and like friends will come in and be like man you know your employee i'm like that is not my employee that's like, a powerful <laughs> leadership principle right there right. i like that so so uh to go to a little bit of an origin there so you get out and then so <laughs> i i thought it was Totally on brand thinking. Um, totally on brand to to create a smoke and vape shop. Like like the irony is not uh, left. Uh, no, you know, it, you know. So like, what what gives you the gall, the Man. balls to say, all right, thank you, uh, Texas Department well, of Correctional Justice or right. whatever it is, <laughs> Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Yeah. yeah well, and, no, you know. So whenever whenever I first hopped out, um, man, you know. So I grew up roofing for my father, which has owned a roofing company for like fifty years out in West Texas, and man, I did that my whole life. Like anytime I wanted like school clothes, I needed to climb that ladder and what man in the elements in West Texas are whew, man cold is cold and hot is like really hot. Yeah. There's nothing in between. But um, so at the first chance I got, I broke. I'm like, man, I am not staying here because I am not roofing. So whenever I got out of prison and I went, I went back home to West Texas, um, man, I, I went back to work for my dad and I was like, this is not the thing. This is, yeah. the, I remember why I left. Um, but luckily, man, um, I, you know, I had a really good friend of mine that we were in radio for years together. And man, he was one of the people that stayed on my team the entire time while I was gone. He would come and see me. He would he would put money on my books. Man, I, I wasn't comfortable in prison, but he made me as comfortable as I could be. Um, he set his phone up and he would tell me, man, call me every day. Those phone calls were expensive. I'm like, I am not calling you every day. But every time I talked to him, he owns a shop like this. Um, every time I'd talk to him, he would say, man, you need to open up one of these stores. And I helped him get his first one off the ground financially. Um, so whenever... Um, I got out, man, I'm, I'm roofing and I, I would still talk to him and he would be like, man, you need to come down here and work in one of my stores and you know, you could stay with me. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. So I just came down to visit my daughter. She lives right outside of Tyler. And when I came down, man, when I first drove through Tyler, I just felt like I was home for the first time. Like I felt, oh man. And so I went and visited with her and, and man, I, I caught up with him and I went to a store and he just talked me into staying and I, I stayed at his house with him. And man, I, I started working in his store and, and I just acclimated really quickly and I learned the product really quickly. And he just told me like, dude, let me give you the money to start up a shop like this because I know that you, you will do well. And I was kind of on the fence about it at first because, you know, it, it went against everything I thought at the time in my mind, like, um, my spiritual beliefs and man, I'm posting all of this spiritual content on social media. How are people going to view this? Are they going to look at this like, Oh, look, this is a Christian guy that's, you know, selling bongs and all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And, but man, you know, after having a few conversations with a few people that I talked to about spirit, they're like, man, dude, I mean, you know where you are in your faith. What does it mean? And so it made me think like, you know what? that's the skin that I was trying to shed is what other people thought about me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And man, he, he floated me the money. 
and I'm, I came back to Tyler. I found a place to live. I started looking for a shop. I found this one. And man, we just, we opened the doors. And man, I started realizing like, man, in this particular situation, I'm able to touch souls that have no idea of who God is. And I don't, I don't peddle that stuff here, but man, I mean, th- there's been times that people come in like that follow me on social media and we're like, man, Hey, I'm going through this. Will you pray for me? And I'm like, yeah. And man, we'll hold hands. And I start looking around and I like laugh in- internally. I'm like, man, we are surrounded by pipes and bongs and all of these deltas and all of this. <laughs> stuff. And here we are in this atmosphere praying. But man, and it, it, it's, I believe in God ordained situations. Like, man, even in this situation with you sitting here doing this interview with me right now, I don't know if this is meant for you or meant for me or meant for someone listening, but man, I do believe that there's something ordained that set this whole situation up. And I know some people will look at that and say, man, that's crazy to believe that. That's nuts. I mean, but at the same time, there's someone orchestrating something somewhere, somehow, some way. And man, I believe that um, something is going to be said here today if it hasn't already, but one of us are going to click behind this, you know, like, man, and we're going to look at something. And like I said, I'm an overthinker. Later on at night, I'll be laying in bed. You could say something to me now and it just flies right over my head. But then later on, I'll be laying in bed going, what did he mean by that? And why did he say that? And, you know, and that's just how our minds work, man. And but yeah, so I opened up the shop and it just took off. Uh, my buddy, like he, he has five shops now, um, you know, but it, this thing has worked really well for me. And man, I can't thank everyone enough that, that has walked in. People, when I first opened, I was like scared. Like, what if this doesn't work? And man, this is a lot of money. And am I going to be able to pay this back and all of that stuff? And man, but there were people when I first opened up the shop and like the first day, um, and yesterday we just hit our two year mark and congrats then thank you dude and we are doing like phenomenal and when i first opened um man there were people that were coming in here that didn't smoke or vape but they were coming in to just shake my hand and talk to me and and they bought something in the store just to support yeah. you know for someone some i mean i don't but man and there's a ton of those people that come in but honestly there's more people that walk in here that have no idea who I am they'll be walking out they've been coming here for a year and a half they'll walk out and, all right thanks Brian and I'm like well actually it's brain and they're like oh it is brain man you know there used to be a guy on the radio named brain and I'm like oh wow what are the what are the odds of that but and then there's other people that walk in and are like man I've been hearing your radio commercials and yeah man I'm, and I'm like yeah that's me and they're like really man you got a really good voice have you ever thought about doing radio and I'm like no never a day in my life ever but yeah it's a two-way street but so how does it feel to be a business owner man i will never go back to work for anyone ever again in my life if i've got to go wash cars and and work for myself i'll do whatever it is nothing against people that are washing cars but i'm just saying like as long as it's not roofing (laughs) as long as it's not roofing man but no um you know man it's uh it's a grind. I mean, working for yourself. Like I saw someone post on social media the other day. They said, man, I got tired of working for someone uh, five days a week, eight to five. So now I, I'm self-employed. Now I work seven days a week now. And, yeah. but, and, and it's a grind, man. You get out of whatever it is that you're doing. You get out what you put in. And man, I have put my blood, sweat, and tears. This is my baby. Man, you know how hard it was for me in the beginning to walk away and let someone else run my shop? I worked this thing six or seven months Uh, 13 hours a day, seven days a week for like six or seven months. I didn't have any employees, anyone that worked with me. And I just did this thing every single day and it was just rough. And I've been, but once it started moving, um, 
I, I was able to hire like one of my first friends. I mean, well, I haven't hired like someone I knew before, but man, the guy became one of my best friends, like a brother. But he, uh, when he came to work here, man, it was impossible for me to walk away and just let him, here's the keys and <laughs> make sure my baby is okay. Um, but man, I mean, like I said, trust is one of the words, man. I trust these guys that work with me more than I trust just about anyone because they're dealing with my money and I hate to say it like that. That sounds horrible, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's what, it, that's why we're in business. Um, these guys, man, I mean, I don't, I don't ever question them on their hours. I don't go double check them. I don't, I don't follow behind them. I don't check cameras. I don't, I, dude, I trust these guys with everything. I know for a fact that these guys not only are looking out for their best interest, but mine as well. Man, um, you go look at our Google reviews and every single person is like, man, these guys are awesome. Man, they know everything about every product. And man, and that was what I learned in the beginning was like, man, I didn't want someone to walk in here and go, well, how do you do, man? And then me not be able to explain it. Like, so I wanted to learn every single product, things that you're ingesting in here like things that you that you're ingesting mm -hmm. eating smoking vaping whatever it is man i want to make sure that that is safe and so i mean we've got a process to the way that we do things man we uh sample first um if it's up to par then we'll reach out to the manufacturer no distributors we reach directly out to the manufacturer um we get on a FaceTime call, man, we want to see the facility. We want to see how you're extracting, how you're infusing, how you're creating. We want to see the whole thing. If you can't show us that, we're not messing with it. Because I don't want a, a, a year or two down the line someone to come in and go, hey, man, this thing really messed me up. No. Like, we want, man, we want COAs. We want, we want to see lab results. We want to see everything. And we get an understanding exactly of what it is and how it affects you before, you know, before we ever put it on the shelves. Well, that's good to hear because, like, the vape shop, the whole business thing is kind of weird. Right. Like, like it can be, right. It, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, it's that shop on the corner. You're like, well, right. what, what do they sell over there? And like, what am I picking up? Right. You know? And like, does this do what it's supposed to do? And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of probably fly by night companies that you a really lot. do. Dude, have when to I vet. opened this shop, I was a 16 shop in Tyler and within a year, there's like 60 something shops here. Yeah. And people that come in here, I think that's what they appreciate more than anything is when they come in here, they're like, man, like I walk into another shop and say, hey, what is this? And the and the people working there, they're just employees. They can't break it down for you. They can't explain how and why and what and when and where. And mm -hmm. they, they can't. I mean, we can because we do this. We we got the science behind it. We under, we get an understanding of it. And man, and when we're hiring people like, man, we don't just run through a bunch of people like when we're hiring people, we'll train you. And then we'll put you out there and we'll see how you're exp how you're explaining things, products to customers. And man, if we feel like you're not ready, we'll pull you back. And then, man, you're just shadowing and you're listening and you're learning. And man, you got to do your homework. Like this isn't a lot of, we get so many people coming here like, man, can I get an application? We don't have applications. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing your application right now. I don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, we, you've got to, I hate to use the word vibe but you've literally got a vibe with us and man, you've got to have some sort of like, um, animation about you, man. So many times, not even just this line, this industry, but man, so many times I walk into a restaurant or a business of any kind. If I feel like the, and I'm the worst customer to get because I'm the type of customer. If I go to a restaurant and I get poor service or if the food is bad or I'm not the one that's going to send it back, I'm not the one that's going to say anything to a manager. I'm just not going to come back. I'll mm -hmm. spend the money and I'll tip and I'll, all right, appreciate you guys. And I, I just won't come back. 
those types of customers are the ones that are scary. The customers you want are the ones that are going to message you or talk to you and be like, hey, dude, I went there and this happened and I wasn't, I didn't like that. Or man, those are the people that I like because mm-hmm. man, it gives us a, a chance to sharpen what it is that we're doing. But man, if, if you walk into a business and, and the person that's working there is on their phone and they're just not even interested or paying attention to you as a customer, why would you continue to spend money with that? Why would you support that business? Yeah. It makes yeah. no sense. Absolutely. It's a, uh... What 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 got you? What got you into this level of professionalism? I'm just curious because because I mean you you worked with the radio stations right. for a long long time, right? Um, but not everybody like same same thing. There's radio hosts out there. They've got a good voice or whatever, but right. they they don't have that same. I, I like to call it a like a lean forwardness, right? Like you always want to do that, and I've always drive to do that uh you know anywhere i work i try to be absolute present i'm here i'm I'm a professional i want to be good at what i do like i I don't want to i want to be the best exactly man so everything like even when i was in radio you know like i did i've done a lot like man so when we were talking about it in the beginning like um and so there's so many different facets of radio. Like, man, I wanted to make myself, let me say this, every single business I have ever worked for in my entire life, ever, I've ended up managing. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of the effort that I put in. Man, so when I was in radio, like I said, I was I was in programming. So I was, I was on air. I was a program director, which means that anything that came through the speakers, I was liable for that. I was the one that would, mm-hmm. if, if you know, anything. Music, I was the one making the selections, deciding the rotations. Um, I mean, I did everything. But man, I was, I was running a recording studio. I've recorded and produced major artists to regional artists. Um, man, all of these things, DJing in the clubs, everything that I would do, I wanted to be the best i mean where's, if the, it had, where's the work ethic come from i have no idea honestly <laughs> okay man um i just do you think it comes from your dad i mean uh, owning the uh, business you know, or man well yeah honestly because my my father is the type of person man and he had all of these little isms that he would tell me throughout my life and and like man they would just go in one ear and right out the other when when i was in prison when all i had were memories and thoughts and man i went back and just looked over every single thing that i could remember and i remember my dad telling me all these dumb little things that just they stand out like a sore thumb now one time he told me i was saying man me and my brother you know we were fighting and i'm telling my dad and he was just like man he said you should never argue with a fool and i was like what do you mean and my dad's a short little hispanic dude i would have never expected something like this to come out of him but he was like man never argue with a fool because from a distance people can't see who is who and i'm like whatever dad what do you know and then when i'm sitting in prison and i'm like where did he get that? What yeah. fortune cookie place did he, but I mean, just a lot of those little things. But my dad has always been the type of person that like, when it comes to work ethic, like, man, this, this guy is what, 70, what is, what year is this? This is 20, my dad's 72, right? And man, this dude still climbs that ladder every single day, dealing with so many customers that walk in here. I'll see people that are like 50 or 60 that look like they're 70 or 80. My dad is like, Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dad, you need to retire. And he's like, if I retire, I'm going to die. I'm like, okay, well don't retire. But, yeah. and he's yeah. still out there dealing with the elements, you know? And, but he's always been the type of person and he, he instilled that in us. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I'm starting to realize, yeah, that work ethic comes from my father. But, um, this guy, man, if he couldn't do it right, there were times we, he would be like, all right, y'all are going to tear this roof off today. I'm going to go do this. And then when I come back, well, and I'm like, okay, so we tear the roof off. Um, 
And then, man, we would start shingling. They, man, my dad would leave, and when he would come back, like he didn't. If the lines were not perfectly straight on those shingles, he's like, "Tear it off again." And I'm like, "What? Like you're wasting?" And he's like, "I don't care. Tear it off again." If it wasn't done right, it wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And man, so many times I would be like, "Man, come on, just what? What's so?" And he, man, but his business it makes sense. That's yeah. him, you know. If and right. I've been the same way. If I'm putting my stamp on this, if it's gonna have brain on this thing it's going to be a one straight across the board it's going to be the best possible thing that it could it could be yeah man i go back and listen to old mixtapes and stuff like from me djing and scratching and all of these things and i listen to those things now and i'm like oh my gosh like i was killing it back then (laughs) but that's because i put in that extra time and effort to make sure that it was perfect and Mm -hmm. if it wasn't perfect man because i knew that i was other djs or i mean people that are really listening with that ear they were going to scrutinize every single thing that i did Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to give them any leeway i didn't want them to be able to pinpoint it i wanted them to look at it i wanted to be your favorite dj's favorite dj yeah i wanted other djs to look at that and be like that's what i want to get to and and that's the same thing here like man i go I go around and I, I meet other shop owners and stuff like this. And a lot of them are like, how, dude, how, how are you? And I'm like, man, I remember when I first opened this shop, I thought, I don't even want the whole pie. If I could just get a small little sliver of this thing, then I'll be good. Yeah. I mean, less than a year later, man, you Google smoke shop, Tyler, Texas, brain smoke and vape is number one up there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I didn't do pay anything extra for that. I mean, it's just, man, I mean, we take pride in what we do here and man, we strive to be excellent. Yeah. Not the best, but as be- as good as we can get. Well, yeah. Well, it's and and it's it's. There's something to be said for greatness, right? And like even even if you you, but but at the same time, it's like, hey, if I can get a sliver, that'd be great. But that doesn't mean that you're gonna just shoot for the sliver, right? No, you're, you're gonna shoot for the whole pie, and and absolutely, and make sure. I mean, that, I'm a fat guy, of course, I'm gonna shoot for the whole pie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, and just to, the isms, like I appreciate the isms because my dad, like one that comes to mind from my dad is uh. Uh, one time he was bowling. We were bowling one time. My dad's not a, he doesn't play games. Like he's not the game guy. He doesn't want to do all that. Uh, but you know, we drug him out of the house, you know, out of the boots, like, you know, put the bullet shoes on and he bowled a strike and I'm like, dad, what, what you, what are you doing? Why are you been holding out on us? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, play it like you know it son what? and it's like you know it's like right. this random thing that and he sticks said. with you. Yeah. But it's like, play it like, you know, it. yeah. Like, like even if it's not your whole thing play it like it is right you know like like and own it and so like i, I love those I, I i love little uh isms and, right. and things like that because uh you know like those are the things that can fuel you into success like right. you just keep on like you, you if you commit to them right. you know what i mean um awesome awesome so we Dude. were talking about and i'm just gonna say this real quick we were talking earlier about um wisdom right mm-hmm. and i said man if you can't apply it to your life then that wisdom is it's pointless to have that right. wisdom. Right. It's just like, man, going to college and doing all of these things to like, um, you're learning all of these things. Like, man, all of that wisdom is amazing to have. But if you're not applying it to your life, then it's pointless. Yes. And man, once you are able to apply it to your life, then that wisdom becomes understanding. And once you get that understanding and you can apply that, then man, you can start sharing it with other people and teaching them and empowering them. And man, even like I was talking about God ordained situations, like man, even if 
it's not for you. Like if you're pushing and pushing and pushing and you don't see the benefits from it, man, you're going to light a fire under someone eventually down the line and they're going to call you out and say, man, they're going to be doing a podcast with Aaron Dunn 20 years from now. And they're going to be like, man, so what made you get to this level? And they're going to say, man, one time brain said this and man, I'm just using that as an, you know, I mean, people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to listen to this. But yeah. no. <laughs> so, but I agree. And that's what really fuels my fire a lot of times. Like sometimes I'm like, Aaron, what are you doing doing a podcast? Like what, you know, what's the big benefit? But I learned a long time ago that, uh, and this is like science, where you really learn things when you start to teach them. Right. And so even if I feel like I don't know it completely, I will teach it because it'll reiterate it in myself. Man. And so it's going to only help me galvanize right. that idea. I love that. To the greater degree. That's the truth. And like you can you can really when you when you start doing that, oh, there's also other benefits that like hey, one person even if they don't want to do a podcast, they see me fully expressing what I want to express, right. they might fully express who they are. And that's what really motivates me for this podcast as well. Of just like if I can just continue to live my life according to what I believe the calling is, right. even if the tangible benefits aren't tomorrow, um, if something something down the road will happen, it's like kind of the ordained thing. It's just like I don't know. Why does a caterpillar, you know, make Catapil- a make a, uh, make, a <laughs> make a cocoon? Right. right? Like it doesn't know, but. That metamorphosis is the the gold. Though. That's the thing, right? right? So, yeah, I, I I think that there there's always some good to be had of right. good things as long as you're 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 putting your best effort. Forward. Man, let me say this, dude. You know, like man, out of everyone that ever asked me about a podcast, people that just say it like in passing, man, you need a podcast. Um, man, no, none of them stood out to me more than yours. Um, whenever you, because you were the first one to come at me and be like, dude, you need to do this. And we didn't really know each other like that, mm-hmm. but man, um, we need to do this again and we need to turn the tables and maybe that'll be my first one as me interviewing you I because it. man, I mean like before you started recording and we were just talking, I mean, I, I was interested in, you know, what got you into this and why do you keep pushing? And, you know, and I think a lot of people would like to hear that. I think that would be beneficial, but, um, yeah, dude, uh, how much time where are we at? Hour and 12. Oh, wow. We're way over. I just talk a lot. I ramble. No, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. So, um, yeah, man, I really appreciate you being on the show. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of it. I'll, I'll share this on my social media so you might get like three or four more files. Yeah, followers good, of this. Good, good. good. Everyone counts. <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, um, excellent. Well, uh, one more question. Oh, man. When is your podcast going to come out? Oh, like, I mean, we got to start I'm we, shooting for 2026. Okay. Okay. At least we got a date, you know, but, but I, I think you've got a voice, man. Like it's obvious. You have a voice. You've got the content there. What do you think is the one thing that's going to, what's holding you back? You have the, it's not, I mean, it's, it's still the content. Like, man, I mean, you've I have, got the content. What, what, what is the content? Pinpoint the content for me. Your life. No, man. I mean, that, that's only that's only cool up to an extent. And then after a while, it just becomes stale. And I mean, you've got to have something that just keeps people enthralled. And I don't feel like. Well, I guess I, I guess what I'm yet. saying, I guess what I'm saying is that you're it, it, I'm not saying like, hey, we, we just want to hear your life story every week. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, the way that you live your life right. and, and, and the principles, the values that you walk upon right. and the approach that you have to it is the thing that people are going to be interested in. And I think that wherever your creative muse guides you 
to, to do that if it's right. through conversations or if it's through, you know what, I got one idea and I'm going to say it for 10 minutes. It's going to be valuable enough. Man, you know, I think what I, one time I thought about, like I told you, I read a lot when I was in prison. Um, I read some of crazy stuff. I mean, anything I could get my hands on. But man, this guy gave me this book by this this author named Ken Kesey, and it was called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. And Ken Kesey, man, he, he wrote this book um, called One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, made a movie out of it, all this stuff. But yeah. the money, the residual that he made from that, man, he, he ended up buying this big double-decker bus and putting everyone on this bus and um, fed everyone acid, like LSD. And Man, he had everything intercommed coming back. All of that was coming back to a seat in the back of the bus that he would hear everyone's conversations and he would write them down and he made a book called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Um, so I thought one time about just pulling out random customers in my store, bringing them back here and just recording. Man, tell me your story. What's yeah. going on with you? And just recording them. Like, I think that actually might be pretty interesting. It, could, it Definitely. Right. Definitely. So like, why not? Say hi, Kai. Hi. <laughs> so I'm just like what, I'm going to ask one more time. So what is keeping you from it? Like what 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 is the thing? What is the hurdle? Oh man, it's not time. Are you afraid? No, of- no, it's not. It's not fear at all. But man, I just you know like I just I think honestly, well maybe it is fear. Maybe it's that I'm going to throw something out there and then some people aren't going to bite on it and it's just going to sit there stale and not not grow into something. So maybe that is it. Maybe I have some demons I need to face. Well, I'm just wondering, like, is it is it because you're you'll do it you'll do anything that you do you do with excellence. Mm-hmm. So um, I have no doubt that it will be good once right. it's out. But I guess, like, do you think that there could be a fear of that 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 ego brain coming back with a vengeance? Man, you know, and I think a lot of that might might be the fact that I don't want to be misunderstood. Um, so, like, man, I always say things as soon as they come. Like, man, and that's just that quippiness just comes from radio. Like, man, just firing back real fast. So I always say things, like, as soon as it enters my mind, like, zero filter. Like, it just, I throw it out. I mean, I just answer back real fast. Um, so I just, I, I think my biggest fear is maybe, like, the Kurt Cobain effect and just being completely misunderstood. And being judged for that because people now dude it's horrible the way people just mm-hmm. w- once they cast judgment on you it's like man they they crucify you like they and, and trolls and man, dude it's it's horrible yeah. yeah you'll have some haters i'm sure right but i have a ton of them now i'm sure right I probably got some so from this podcast difference? what's the difference <laughs> right maybe i don't know you maybe know? maybe i'll uh kick this around a little bit and figure out where I'm at with it. Alright, if you want Brain to have a podcast, if you want Aaron, actually. That's a good way to do it. If you want Aaron to have a podcast, okay. give him a follow, send him a message. Or you can call my cell phone. It's three... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, come into the shop and be like, man, when's the next episode? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. If you've heard this podcast and you come to my shop, tell me you heard this podcast and we'll high five. Alright, free, free hugs and high fives for everyone. Excellent, excellent. Dude, thanks so much. Thank you, dude. We're dabbing right now. Boom. All right. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thanks for the warning.